Welcome to the Order of Dark Arts podcast, where we discuss the history and philosophy of walking the Luciferian path to the daily practice of demonic magic. It is I, Dr. Pete, broadcasting from the Order of Dark Arts podcasting headquarters in the spooky city of New Orleans, Louisiana. Along with our co-host, she's an author, an alchemist, and a demonic expert, the always amazing Professor Ashley Atori. How's it going, Ashley? Hello, Pete. I'm doing wonderful. It's great to be back in the studio. It is exciting to be back and and recording once again. We have some exciting. Mm-hmm. We have an exciting announcement um, to reveal to all of our listeners. Today's episode will be the start of our series of the seven deadly sins. Yeah, this is going to be so great. I know you've been interested in the subject for quite a while. Yeah, this is something that um, I'm excited for both of us to to discuss with our listeners. So in this series, listeners can expect a breakdown and a discussion of the seven deadly sins, highlighting the Luciferian point of view with each one. We will have seven episodes, starting with this one, where we will discuss each sin, then flip the script and turn it on its head so we can view it and understand it differently through Luciferian eyes. We will also identify the specific prince from Lucifer's royal legion that relates to each of the seven deadly sins, then discuss how working with that demon can empower and help all of us. Yes, so the seven deadly sins represent vices and traits or tendencies that will bring one to eternal damnation according to Christianity and specifically Catholicism. The seven deadly sins are widely accepted in the mainstream public as malevolent, and even sometimes demonic. So we will be discussing them from a demonic or Luciferian, I should say, point of view. Yeah, exactly. Now, Professor, why is it so important for the Christian God to keep his followers in a life of ignorance? So first, we should recognize that the seven deadly sins aren't necessarily scripture. Although it's definitely influenced by the Bible, it was also certainly influenced by greed. See, the seven deadly sins are more widely known from a list by Pope Gregory I in his commentary over the book of Job. Now, the book of Job is certainly a point of contention as well, but we'll get to that later. This list was created in the 6th century, and it was right after the fall of the Roman Empire during the Dark Ages. So, now remember that the Roman Empire previously was polytheistic, and it's, it's probably the closest to Luciferianism that you'll find, the closest, I would say, religion. Uh, Many of the gods that they worshipped, that many members of the Roman Empire worshipped previously, were similar or exact to the gods that we worship in Luciferianism. So back to Pope Gregory. Now, again, this was written in the 6th century. This is right after the fall of the Roman Empire, which was Christian towards the end of it. But again, for the most part, it was polytheistic. And at this time, uh, the the temperature of the environment or culture was very volatile. And at this time, Christianity was a new religion. And so Catholics were certainly springing for power over the remains of the Roman Empire. And one of these power plays was within the writings of the Pope, detailing the actions or traits that one should avoid to keep people within the favor of God, so to speak. However, this was more so to keep people small and to influence conversion and to rule out of fear. Yeah, that's fascinating. Um, I love it when you talk about the history because there's so much that uh, can be revealed. Are the seven deadly sins a way to control by fear alone? 
Well, yes, most certainly. It was beneficial for the papacy to use fear to control the people and and to prevent an uprising against the new church. See, Pope Gregory was specifically a very colorful writer and was one of the biggest reasons for the demonization of the former gods. This creation of a villain within the old gods, or what we know now as demons, really scared the people of that time into submission. And according to Pope Gregory, partaking in any of these traits was of the devil. And at that time, and in the nature and temperature of the culture back then, being, quote-unquote, of the devil could mean anything from excommunication to execution. So fear was certainly used as a way to control the masses and to promote their own power and agenda. Yeah, I could see how they can control the masses with the seven seven deadly sins. I mean, just the name alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. Will you list the seven deadly sins and describe them for our listeners? Of course. So the seven deadly sins are comprised of one, pride, two, envy, three, greed, four, wrath, five, lust, six, gluttony, and seven is sloth. Why is pride considered one of the sins? What do you think? So Christianity considers pride a sin because it takes away from God and refuses to recognize God's sovereign role in everything. They believe that if one is too prideful, then they may feel like they have no need for a God, which would have taken away power from the church, understandably. Now, in Psalms 37:11, it says that the meek shall inherit the earth. And Luciferians, of course, don't believe this. We believe that pride can be a slippery slope if one isn't careful in minding their moral compass. But we also believe that our larger appreciation for knowledge will help to keep us prideful and not arrogant without reason. So how did the seven deadly sins come about? You described a little bit with Pope Gregory, the first. Mm -hmm. So the seven deadly sins was inspired by something called the eight evil thoughts, which was created by a 4th century Christian monk uh, named Evagrius Ponticus. Now, it is said that these eight evil thoughts weren't written for the people and that were instead used to advise other monks on how the thoughts could interfere with their spiritual practice. But Evagrius was also known at the time for dumbing down a scripture as they knew it uh, for the people and he was quoting, and it's a, it's very rough quote, but he was quoted as as saying something to the effect that the the people, you know, people of his land at the time, lay people, could not handle what was in the scripture. So, you know, this is where a lot of people have issues with things like the Bible or any kind of religious text because. During this time, there was quite a lot of dissemination and a lot of uh, translations done that were incorrect. And <clears throat> and what is considered now is so mainstream and taken for gospel, um, perhaps was either completely fictitious or was just someone's opinion <clears throat> or was very largely exaggerated to promote the power and agenda of the church.
I could see that where they're the spiritual leaders for everybody and they have these uneducated mm -hmm. followers. So, you know, yeah. to to uh, lead and with fear is, you know, pretty dynamic. Oh, yeah. But why I want to why is this list, these seven deadly sins, these seven, only seven? Why is this list such a big deal to Christians back then, but also even still today? Well, like I said, the nature of the culture of that time led to an environment where people didn't really question any kind of religious authority, because if they did, then they would be excommunicated or potentially executed. And therefore, this led to a game of telephone amongst most of the people of the land, and especially anyone converted to Catholicism. And yeah, as we know, the games of telephone, uh, when it's generational rules that we follow, it's, it's, it's a game of, oh, well, um, we teach this because uh, this is how I, I learned it from my parents and this is and from my grandparents and so on. So that was a perfect environment to instill fear into people and to create a foundation for Christianity that was that was really just embroiled with this, this idea of like hellfire and brimstone and having all these uh, you know, deadly sins and 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 scary things that we should uh, abstain from, which were truly just traits that would have promoted the betterment of people's lives for the most part, unless they got, of course, too out of hand. But again, the seven deadly sins were a way to keep people small and they grew through fear and became a game of telephone that people just accepted over time. And so this is the type of thing that even with just Protestants uh, is taught. And you, you hear a lot of this in like Sunday school and things like that. It's, it's a, just a pack of nonsense. I was going to say, this is why it's so exciting for us because uh, we're going to be able to talk to our listeners about how we can use these uh, seven deadly sins Mm -hmm. And uh, turn turn them on their head, and uh, to use it for to empower us. Absolutely, and um, there was you know there's an interesting point to be made when it comes to this. And I said that the seven deadly sins came about on uh, Pope Gregory's commentary on the Book of Job, and the Book of Job is a very important part in the Bible because. Uh, a lot of people think that this is one of the very few times that uh, there was any kind of actual quotations from uh, from Lucifer. But uh, in the Bible, it, it says the word Satan. And this is why we don't call him Satan. We call him Lucifer. Uh, Satan was the Hebrew word for adversary. Luciferians believe, and it's supported by many books of the Apocrypha and other books that are were left out of the Bible. But Luciferians believe that all gods at that time um, had a Satan, that they had their own adversary, and that Satan represented, I guess what you would call nowadays your shadow self, the mm -hmm. the you know, the the rough parts of you. But if you go back and you read the book of Job as uh, as it was written, as it was meant to be, which was Elohim. Uh, fighting with himself, with the hard, the bad parts of himself, um, it gives you a whole different idea 
of who Lucifer is. Because if you go back and look at uh, the original transcriptions of, of Hebrew and Greek and Latin, <clears throat> this was not a situation where where Lucifer was hurting Job and testing him. This was a situation where Elohim was testing and hurting Job and using different methods from harsh to kind to to test his faith in him. And when you go back and look at it that way, you you start to see things in a whole different light. But um, yeah, this uh, little side history about why we don't use Satan. Satan just means adversary. And Luciferians believe that every God and human has their own Satan, that they have their own adversary. And it's your job to mind your moral compass and to balance those and to be good. Like I said before, for the sake of being good, to be accountable and responsible for uh, the actions of your life and to not do things just out of fear. That's amazing. Well, this is a good this is a great place to take a moment before we start discussing the first deadly sin in our series to hear from our sponsor, the Order of Dark Arts. So we'll return in a moment. Did you know Belial is the first crown prince of the Royal Legion and whose line is responsible for the incredibly strong and skilled demons in the fields of power, influence, and prestige? Hello, sisters and brothers, it's Dr. Pete. Belial is a major part of many of the power and hex potions at the Seventh Witch House, which can be found at their website, theorderofdarkarts.com. When you're there, look for the Puppet Master Hex Potion which will bend anyone against their will. One of my favorite potions for quick results is the Backhand of Belial. Many have purchased the Bad Motherfucker Demonic Potion Candle over and over again because it gives them the confidence, ambition, and magnetic energy that Belial embodies. For all demonic evocations with Belial, one should have his Demonic Sigil Pendant. This is a laser-engraved pendant with Belial Sigil on either stainless or black steel. We cannot forget to mention Belial's Circle of Power Invocation Necklace. This is the necklace that you would use for extreme results and to help you rise up in the ranks of any field of your choice. Belial should always be highly respected when one is interested in working with him. They should always come with humility, dedication, and loyalty. Belial can aid you in acquiring power in social, professional, or political circles. He can help advance your career quickly by achieving a higher rank. Belial personally can help you conquer fear and insecurities. He can rebuild you into a supreme version of yourself. The complete list of Belial's expertise, his favorite offerings, and appearance and character can be found in the Introduction to Demonic Magic book at theorderofdarkarts.com. So if you're interested about magic, and have a desire to take yourself to the next level, then the first crown prince of the Royal Legion, Belial, is who you should work with. He can give you the confidence, control, and influence you seek. So say it with me, praise and honor to Belial.
Welcome back to the Order of Dark Arts podcast, where we discuss being a Luciferian, developing relationships with demons, and the practice of demonic magic. Today, Professor Ashley Atori and I are releasing a seven-episode series regarding the seven deadly sins, how we can understand them and work with them as Luciferians and demonic practitioners. Professor Ashley, which of the seven deadly sins will we be focused on today, as well as the demon connected to it, and what they represent? So the deadly sin that we're going to be going over today is pride. And the demon associated with pride is the first crown prince of the royal demonic legion, Belial. Belial is terrific to work with to gain a better sense of pride, pride in yourself, pride in your work, pride in the things that you do, and to rise up from a place of meekness or lowliness. So if you have a low self-esteem or you have a life that you feel is meaningless or purposeless or that you just aren't proud of, Belial is most certainly the demon that you will want to work with to give yourself a better sense of identity, joy with who you are, with what you do, and most of all, pride in yourself. Okay, so why is why is pride so bad? Don't we often take pride in what we do? I'm like, I'm very proud of this podcast, for example. I'm proud to be a father. Um, so why is pride considered such a, you know, uh, a bad thing? Well, again, pride, pride isn't necessarily a bad thing, uh, not at least to Luciferians. It's a bad thing to Christians, as you said before, because, you know, in Christianity, they believe that, or it is taught that pride separates you from God's sovereign role in everything. And they believe that this separates you from, from God. They don't want you to give glory to yourself. It, it should be to God. And <clears throat> now, from a Luciferian standpoint, pride can be a good or bad thing. Now, it can be a good thing if you have reasons to be prideful, if you have earned it, if you have... <clears throat> pride pride without knowledge or without good works or without reason is arrogance and is considered stupidity. So it can be a slippery slope. But if you remember to mind your moral compass, if you remember that as a Luciferian, you are accountable for the events that you create and all the people attached to you, um, meaning that you are responsible for everything that you do and everything that you create, then you'll then you will use pride and the desire for pride as a tool to motivate you to do better. So yeah, again, it, it can be a good or bad thing. It, it just it's a matter of whether you use it in a positive way to create a positive life and events for you and your and the people connected to you and and. And that's where we talk about Luciferians and Christians being two sides of the same coin. We believe that it can be a bad thing. However, we believe in the free knowledge that we were given in the beginning. And we believe believe that you should be free to use your knowledge and your insight and your own moral compass to decide what you use your pride for. Yeah, I love the the point about being responsible. You know, a lot of people don't think about um, mm-hmm. having pride means you also have to have a level of responsibility. That's such a great point. 
Will you explain how working with Belial of the Royal Legion in regard to pride can help someone? Well, Belial can be used to or called upon to help you with self-discipline, which will give you reasons to be prideful. It will it will help you do works that make you proud. It will help you become a person that is worth being proud of. We certainly as Luciferians believe that you should always be improving, that you should, again, mind your moral compass, and that you should be improving not only just for the nature of yourself, but for the other people who are attached to you. So Belial will help you gain a sense of responsibility to become a better person and to have reasons to be prideful and to take you know pride in your in and everything that you do and everything that you are. So this can be anything from getting a better job, gaining wisdom, gaining even getting the discipline to have a better body. He can promote your life in a very positive way that is done through self-discipline and knowledge to give you, again, more pride in yourself. Definitely. To me, it seems like Belial um, would be able to help a person become more of themselves, I guess, bring out the true nature of themselves. It seems like when you get have that power um, and respect that power, you can inject that power into your lives, into other parts of your life, I guess, like your relationship and your career, your family, you know, just to help empower them because you're going to be a strong leader for them. Absolutely. And if you can become a more ascended version of yourself, then you can not only enrich the lives of the people connected to you, not only enrich your life, but also inspire other people, whether Luciferian or not, to become better versions of themselves as well. We were talking about how Belial can help a person conquer their own fears. So for them to come into power, they're going to have to maybe get over some of their own insecurities to like step into their power, which then can lead them to help other people. Is that correct? Absolutely. And again, Belial is the demon that you will want to go to when you are done being meek, when you are done being self-conscious, when you are done not living to fulfillment, when you are done not feeling ascended, uh, when you are done leading a life that feels purposeless. He is who you come to when you are ready to be self-disciplined, when you are ready to prosper, when you are ready to step into power or to take your power back. He is who you want to go to when you are ready to lead the best life and become the best version of yourself that you have ever imagined. Now, I will say as a warning that Belial is absolutely no nonsense. So if you are still in the mindset of wanting to self-sabotage or you're too afraid of of change or you're not serious or you're some hobbyist that's testing the waters of Luciferianism, which I never recommend because regardless of your belief in Lucifer and the Legion, um, it, it, it won't protect you from them if you are disrespectful. So I... He's who you want to come to when you're serious and definitely not who you want to come to when you're not serious. So again, he is a prince. You approach him with respect and honor and only come to him when you are ready to change. 
he is a very serious uh, demon and he deal, he only wants people that are serious about working with magic to to approach him that's what i get out of it too so. very much so 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 say someone is serious and they're ready to start working with um belial what are just some things they can do at their house um to start that process um, I would think, you know, set up an altar to them, right? Well, you can do an evocation, an invocation. You can have an altar. It's it's very good, especially if you're going to be doing evocations to make sure that your space is clean. And, 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 and to have respect. Again, you're speaking to a prince. You know, you're talking about uh, making sure you're... you're a room or house is clean. Um, the person themselves should be, you know, cleaned and well-groomed. Um, and that's that level of seriousness that you're, you're talking about, I believe. Yeah, of course, respect is required. And just as priests would have done in antiquity, it is a good idea to have your body clean as well. Also, another thing is no matter how familiar or comfortable you may think that you are with Belial, you should always speak to him with respect. Never use slang and never assume the familiarity of your relationship, no matter who is close to Belial, everyone speaks to him with respect. And that is what will be expected. Yeah, definitely. Don't use any slang, I would assume. Never. So, you know, with the um, altar, they would also want to have his sigil present, correct? Of course. Yeah. So, Professor, can you um, share with our listeners some of uh, Belial's uh, favorite offering. So if someone's ready to uh, start working with Belial, they'll know what to bring as an offering. I would say that you would want to save your best offerings for the princes of the Royal Legion and or your patron, and especially for Lucifer. But when it comes to Belial, you want to make sure that what you're given giving is either luxury or is extremely genuine and authentic, such as in the form of like handwritten letters, uh, art, things that are that can't be bought. Otherwise, you know, luxury, luxury items, luxury herbs, uh, things like saffron, gold, gemstones, jewels, anything very unique. Again, anything luxury, top shelf liquor, uh, candles, black candles specifically, things of that nature. You can also do materials. He's a very big fan of silk. But again, just anything that, especially over antiquity, would have been difficult to get your hands on or that is considered luxury today. You can do selenite. You can do bismuth. You can do you know, quite a lot of different crystals and, and gemstones. You can even leave coins or money. But I know that one of the most appreciated uh, offerings is something that is authentic and, gen- and genuine and or liquor, <laughs> uh, specifically whiskey. I could see like I'm envisioning an altar space. I've got his uh, sigil out yeah. and I've offered him. I've brought an offering of top shelf liquor in a shot glass or in a regular um, like rocks mm-hmm. glass. I could see where I'm like lighting a, a candle, a black candle or a red candle for him and taking, I don't know, 15, 30 minutes to to meditate and also maybe, like you're saying, draw a picture or color something for him, do something personal, write him a letter and mm-hmm. to, you know, build up that relationship with them, but also come, you know, humbled and, uh, and out of total respect. So how can we foster our power in this mundane world that we're living in? Well, magically, you can work with Belial to 
help foster power and and uh, foster traits and tendencies and achievements that would lead you to having more power and pride in yourself. And then non-magically practicing self-discipline. Uh, become, every single day you wake up, you know, think about who you were the day before and find a way to be a better version of that person. And, and that takes a lot of honesty and that takes a lot of humility and <clears throat> which would seem the opposite of pride. But if you go through the steps and you go through the hard part of self-discipline, you have the humility to admit that you aren't where you want to be and to, to, and the zeal to gain knowledge and traits and, uh, the, enthusiasm to do achievements that would make you proud of yourself, then you are going to be happy. You're going to be very ascended, proud version of yourself with reason. Again, it's a very bad idea to be proud of, of a lack of achievement or, or lack of betterment. But again, to foster power and and pride in the mundane you will want to gain knowledge and you will want to take an account of yourself and decide to become a better person, a better version of who you are. And magically, again, you would want to work with Belial when you are ready to make that transition. Yeah, I've found that um, along my path, that I do a lot of strategic planning and I stick to a routine and, and that, you know, you were talking about self-discipline and it does take self-discipline mm-hmm. to like, no, this is part of the plan. I've, you know, this is how I'm going to do this. Right. Um, and that's, that's, I think something that it sounds like Belial would be very proud of and say, yes, this is exactly the person that uh, I would want to work with successful Luciferians that, um, that I see and that I know, it seems like they have a very positive impact in life in general. I mean, they're, they're guides. They encourage other people t- to become more of themselves. Um, these are the people that I see, you know, empower other people because they yeah. have their discipline together. Of course, that's true. Again, as Luciferians, we believe in knowledge and in ascension and that you should always be striving to become a better version of yourself, not only for the betterment of your own life, but for the betterment of the people attached to you. We believe that taking on more responsibility you know, for your situation and your environment and the relationships around you will lead to not only ascension, but joy and happiness and fulfillment, which is what most people are looking for, no matter what religion they are. You see, it seems like more people than ever lately wondering you know, or wondering what their purpose is and feeling totally unfulfilled. And so much of fulfillment is, it comes from the events that we create in other people's lives and from the attachments that we have with other people. So again, uh, it is important to work with Belial and it is important to seek ascension and knowledge and pride in everything you are and everything that you do. Not only just for Again, personal pride, but for fulfillment and and for finding your purpose and for joy. Yeah. So as as a person can get their self together and then they present themselves to Belial and start working with Belial, 
I can mm -hmm. see that just would um, how quickly your life would change. Yes. And the more information can be found about Belial in the order of dark arts, uh, the introduction to demonic magic book. Mm -hmm. And uh, they can find that on the website at the order of dark arts.com. And I encourage anyone who's interested in working with Belial um, to check up, get the book and check it out. I know there, I believe there's an ebook as well. Um, and then that way you can get the whole list to, if you want to start working with Belial to be able to start doing that. Well, this is going to wrap us up for the first episode of the Seven Deadly Sins series. I'm so excited. This is awesome mm, for the Order of Dark Arts podcast. Yes, mm -hmm. we have. Uh, you have definitely shared a ton of great information, especially the history and the and the working with Belial about um, pride and um, coming into your own power that from the beginner can be could start working with that. And it's also useful to the uh, seasoned demonic occultist. So I encourage everybody that's listening to take a moment and check out the Order of Dark Arts website. And you can find that at theorderofdarkarts.com. There's a lot of great products and information that can help you with your practice, as well as if you wish to start working with Bilal, you can find it there. So any last thoughts, Professor Ashley? I'm just uh, grateful for our listeners, and I am excited to see what the series of The Seven Deadly Sins brings about. Yeah, and I want to close out by encouraging everyone to stay tapped in, tuned in, and turned on by their Luciferian practice. Mm -hmm. Hit that subscribe button and you'll be notified when our next episode, the second of the Seven Deadly Sins episode in the series, drops. Until then, I want everyone to stay empowered and keep shooting for the stars. Mm -hmm.